the Koi Gig Pod. I wouldn't even look at them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even prepare mm. to play against them because you do know what you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> we could beat them six nil, or we could lose six nil. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. The news round on Off the Ball with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave for your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. This is News Talk. Welcome along. What would a Wednesday be without Wednesday night rugby? So Rory O'Connor in studio, Fiona Hayes on the way. Round four is brilliant. This could, in some respects, be uh, the most complete round. Ireland at Murrayfield sells itself. England hosting France is very interesting on both fronts. And suddenly Wales going to Rome uh, stinks of... uh, Well, it's not even a shock anymore. I mean, I I would think there's a chance Italy will be favourites in a lot of people's eyes, if not most. Lots to discuss there. PSG are away to Munich. Spurs host Milan in the Champions League. Filippo Clare will chat to us in advance of kickoff. And Matt Slater, who's always a brilliant guest, he's written a behind-the-scenes story on the Manchester United sale, which is progressing apace. 53106, the text number. We're out off the ball on Twitter. Do get in touch. Willow Callahan in studio. Good evening. Evening, Joe. Richie McCormick, hello to you. Gentlemen, how goes it? Very well. So uh, PSG away to Munich. Spurs hosting Milan. Philippe Auclair will be with us around half past seven. The interesting news from Paris is that Neymar's season is effectively over. He may well come back for a Champions League final were that to happen. He's there for what, 10 weeks, I think, is the official word at the moment. Yeah, so, in yeah. effect over. And everybody's happy about it. The manager included, <laughs> we're, we're a more balanced side, he said in his press conference yesterday, before frantically saying, although, although, though, you know, we, we love Neymar and we do score fewer goals, but uh, everybody, Parisian fans, Parisian media, Christophe Galtier, Mbappe, all think well this is great this is just superb that Neymar's uh, ankle has gone obviously I'm exaggerating touch but that is the very real sense Philippe will fill us in it's understandable they were a parody of themselves against um, Bayern in the first leg they've been messy since the World Cup because there's definitely been a case of motivation for some of the players the fact that Mbappe went to New York as did Hakimi I think directly after the World Cup and they weren't there for Lionel Messi's first couple of games back after becoming a world champion could could you look at Messi yeah, you know, do I want to see Messi on his return here? I think Paul Mbappe's brother was at first team training the first day that Messi came back as well, and had to watch the guy who got past his brother in the World Cup final. And then PSG's form kind of dipped a little bit, and then obviously that defeat against Bayern Munich has left them in a very difficult position going into the second leg tonight. But I've watched PSG the last few weeks, and they are the most entertaining team in Europe to watch right now. Well, in their last three games, they've scored four goals on two occasions, three on the other. They're playing some beautiful. I think they've been behind in all three of those games as well. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Obviously, at the Champions League level, they don't get away with it. Uh, The the interesting thing with Neymar is that pre-World Cup, he was in exceptional form. I mean, it is easy, and I I do write him off as a player who so obviously didn't fulfil his potential. I don't even think that's in question anymore. But to be fair to him, he was having an exceptional season pre-World Cup. He was sitting on 18 goals. Everything pointed towards his best season in Paris. And then World Cup happens, Croatia game. It's a sliding doors moment. It's obviously a blow to him. Arrives back and it seems, uh, and, and Philippe will expand on this, he pretty much just said, Ugh, couldn't be bothered. And so there have been uh, regular complaints in his neighbourhood of parties going to 2, 3, 4 a.m. Uh, the mayor... Ah, now here. The, the mayor... Of his Joe, local borough. It's not as if he's, not as if he's leaving. 
It's not as if he's living in a you know a terraced house with like people either side of him. He's got like he acreage and acreage. No, this is, is this is where you're wrong. You're wrong. Get your facts right. Like, come on, tell us <laughs> all about your facts his house, right. Come on, go on. Get, I, want, say, I want the actual spec, Dermot Barron. Here, come on. Uh, the mayor of his borough has uh, come out and spoken to the media because there are so many complaints from their neighbours, and he has said. I mean, I can keep giving him the 150 euro fine for creating noise. It doesn't seem to bother him all that much. Because <laughs> in the documentary, his house looked reasonably private. He had a nice sure back garden. That. But yeah. I mean, I, like, he was within an nine iron of somebody's house nearby. Yeah. Yeah, he's in Paris. Is that it, how you measure people? I measure so many things in golf distances. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, automatically in my head. That's no joke. So what's your dream garden? Well, really what club do you have to hit to the back of the garden then? Uh, am I cutting the grass or not? Mm. I presume you have to help if you're a six or a five iron. That's true. Well, they're not a good driver. I mean, mm. why not? <laughs> you want a good ride on mower if you want a big garden though. Yeah. That's the dream. No, I walk down the street and be like, that's a wedge. That's a drive. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's like, a, it's crippling. It's crippling. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, God. Yeah. No, Neymar didn't help himself. I think after was it the first leg of this where he was seen out quite late at night in Paris as well. And he was going for fast food and he, he fans is, question he is, this. He is overweight and Mbappe after the first leg and and this registered with us and we thought well, we must get Philippe on ahead of the second leg and obviously subsequent to that Neymar is now out for the season. But after the first leg, the one 0 defeat to Bayern, where PSG were just a parody themselves. You know, it's it's eleven v eight when Bayern have the ball, and Mbappe after the match said, amongst other things, between now and the second leg, our players will have to be in good health for the return leg. Everyone needs to eat and sleep well. Not pointed at all. Yeah, I mean, who has said that is that what do you need to turn it around for the second leg at, at Champions League level? I need my teammates to be professional. Yeah, eat and sleep well is, is, is the big issue for us. And uh, subsequent to everyone going, well, that's obviously about Neymar. Mbappe, with a straight face, said, it wasn't a dig at Neymar. In this situation, a dig is the last thing we need. He, he lied. So it's just all sorts of fun. Um, Mbappe is box office. Yesterday, he was asked if losing tonight and exiting Europe will be uh, decisive in your decision to stay or leave and uh, you know could this dictate your future and he said if I linked my future to the Champions League without wishing to show a lack of respect to the club I would have left a long time ago mm. and they're all thanks a lot bud <laughs> <laughs> thank you to our spiritual leader no, he's meant to be Mr PSG and everything that happened last summer was meant to indicate that things were still going in a good direction for them and now again we've got a referendum about his future Messi's contracts up this summer and it looks fairly inevitable that PSG will allow Neymar to go if a sufficient offer comes in this summer what is a sufficient offer I wonder for and, and who's buying them yeah that's, that's that, a like, good question like who's buying? Like who? Who? Who wants that? That package that you've just laid out there. Like I know he has all, literally all the talent in the world, mm. and could well have been. And I think that time has probably passed, but he could well have been one of the best players uh, ever. Um, and yet, and yet, and yet, he's yeah. a kind of a parody of of this kind of Showtime big style footballer who's all about the superfluous stuff that goes along with being a professional without actually doing what needs to be done on the pitch with any kind of regularity um, Penny for his thoughts I, at the I, moment I, as well that like he goes for 220 million to PSG in 2017 with the intention of stepping out of Messi's shadow and eventually becoming the best player in the world they sign Mbappe for a ridiculous amount of money not long after after Neymar's first season in Paris he's now become the best young player in the world and Messi's form post the World Cup has seen him become the best player in the world once again 
that he's now watching Messi be the heart and soul of the team with Mbappe being the big star of the team yeah. well once again he's injured for the knockout stage of the Champions League that's become such a recurring story for Neymar over the last four or five years as well yeah he's real problems with his ankles mm. so it is an issue and again it's not that he's been bad and especially this season but as you say if three is too many for any kind of balance and one is Mbappe and the other is Messi you don't want to be third member of that triangle no um Poland Kildare has there been a singularly more frustrating player than Neymar no joke the disparity between what he could have been and what he has become is so vast it kills me he certainly Romario comes close Romario comes close when he like I know he won the World Cup in 94 yeah um, but he, she's like his his moment at the top when you look back and it was so brief like it was like 94 was his peak year with both Barcelona and, and, and Brazil <laughs> like for somebody who was just far too fond of going to, to carnival mm. uh, every spring like he just he'd, he'd, he'd make you tear your hair out because he literally could do it all um, but do, he's that kind of player I do um, think just how good Ronaldinho was at his peak is forgotten because it was relatively brief but there was a two maybe three four the push year period where he was the best player in the world 2003 to 2007 extraordinary things once Pep came in he was already gone a year or two probably he was phenomenal and look I would lean towards Zidane at the best of times and he was still very much around then but Ronaldinho hit some special heights and then akin to Romario same problem Um, so yeah in Neymar's case seven years ago tonight since I think the best ever performance in the Champions League which was comeback. his performance in the comeback in the last 25 minutes particularly is that seven years yeah seven years tonight Ooh, wow yeah the knockout stage of the Champions League around then to now has just been off the charts that year I thought well this is a freakishly good year and I think it's just continued to be freakishly good since then not yet this year though not yet this year no that's a very fair point well, Madrid and Liverpool was pretty yeah. entertaining yeah that was good that was good that was good uh, so somebody has tweeted to me to say on the measuring distances in golf yardages completely relate and can't walk by a window without looking at my backswing oh yeah I mean, that's it <laughs> that's a thing you're not going to believe it, right Phil Egan was telling us earlier he was in the gym I think um, yesterday evening after work there was a guy who was he said was swinging weights in the same way as his backswing so he was obviously trying to improve as he went along yeah. is this normal among golfers because most of us in the office kind of went what? yeah oh yeah like uh, checking your backswing even without a club in some kind of reflective surface. I'd like to say mirror, but we'll take anything. No, we'll take anything. We'll take a shop window. Uh, that would be a thing, yeah. It's an amazingly interesting um, neurosis golf when you get deep into the weeds of it, you know? And, uh, and, and geez, not least um, in light of our conversation last night with Justin Campbell, who's an addiction uh, counsellor, and, and it was a fascinating interview. I'd recommend it to anyone. But I did. I do remember reading a piece which was drawing a, a link, a very strong link to uh, golf and say like the slot machines or gambling, you know, in Vegas or, or any kind of gambling. Because particularly for the amateur, there's a, a fair degree of bad shots akin to the slot machine. Yeah, and then I presume you, you saw the video of the amateurs at Sawgrass last week. No, but I can't go with the seventeen. Yeah. It was there were some ugly strokes. Sure, anyway. but then in amongst it all, there are the sweet shots mm. akin to oh my god, I've just won. 
And so that sets off all similar kind of neurons and chemicals. And, you know, it's just a rush. And they, you'll often hear golfers say, oh, yeah, that's the bloody hell. I stunk the joint out and then I had a great shot in 18. And, and his, uh, his or her playing partners will say, that's the one that will bring you back. And so there is a bit of that. I've said too much. <laughs> golfers out there know. The Golf Weekly, Richie. Yeah. Oh, no. The news round is brought to you with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night edition available now. So PSG. Yeah, you mentioned Kylian Mbappe's comments about PSG in the uh, the Champions League. They're not unwarranted. Paris Saint-Germain risk missing out on the quarterfinals for the fifth time in seven seasons tonight. Out of their second leg away to Bayern Munich, they trailed the Bundesliga Giants by a goal to nil. Taking it through the teams, uh, Bayern start with Jan Sommer in goal. Josip Stanisic, Diet Upamecano, Matthias Licht and Alfonso Davies at their back four. Joshua Kimmich and Leon Gretschka are in midfield. In front of them, the trio of Kingsley Coman, Thomas Muller and Jamal Malassia, while Eric Maxim Chupa Moting leads the line for Bayern Gianluigi Donnarumma starts in goal for PSG it's a back four of Danilo Sergio Ramos and Marquinhos who's passed a late fitness test uh, despite his problems off the pitch Ashraf Hakimi starts on the right in midfield it's Vitinha Marco Verratti and Fabian Ruiz with Nuno Mendes on the left Lionel Messi and Kylian Mbappe are up front Antonio Conte is back in the dugout as Tottenham look to barge their way into the quarterfinals they're 1-0 down to AC Milan going into their second leg in North London just one chance for them Emerson Royale in for Pedro Porro so Fredro, uh, Fraser Foster uh, continues in goal for them it's a unch- unchanged back three of Clement Longley Christian Romero and Ben Davies Emerson Royale is on the right Ivan Perisic on the left in between them Oliver Skip and Pierre-Emil Hoiberg Dejan Kuzlewski and Hyunmin Sun are either side of Harry Kane for Milan looks like they switched to a back four which would be a change from the first leg and indeed the last three outings in Serie A Mike Mannion starts in goal as he likely will do against the Republic of Ireland Pierre Kalulu, Malek Tio, Kyo Tamori and Teo Hernandez are there back four. Junior Macias, Sandra Tonali and Rada Krunic are in midfield. Brahim Diaz and Rafael Leao are in support of Olivier Giroud. Both games kick off at eight. Chelsea, meanwhile, can move to within a point of the WSL leaders Manchester United tonight if they win at home to Brighton and League Cup winners Arsenal entertain Liverpool. Like we said, really interesting evening of football. Filippo Clare will join us. We'll see how PSG freed from having uh, their three non-running superstars all on the pitch at the they same time. They have a lot time. of water carriers in midfield can, tonight. Yeah, There's guys so who are running. Who will run, yeah. So they can make two, they can carry two. We'll see how they go against Bayern and then Spurs, Milan. Very interesting. There was a piece, Dan and I discussed it briefly in the football show last night on the back page of The Sun, which was uh, suggesting that if Spurs don't make Champions League, then uh, they'll be willing, because Kane's contract is up at the end of next season, to go uh, to sell Kane for lower than the 100 million and that a third party had reached out to Kane on behalf of Manchester United and it was thumbs up let's do this so these kind of nights are important you would think in Harry Kane's future Spurs' future at home 1-0 deficit to the fifth place side in Serie A they really should win I mean it's easy to say oh Milan but Mm. they should win not sure about that Tottenham defence for tonight but they should be able to turn it around, yeah. And look, if Harry Kane, if he's going to have aspirations, Spurs have to be doing something in Europe and making sure that they get into the top four at the very least this season to match his ambitions. The thing is, Manchester United is probably the only viable location now. Man City looks so well set to go in for Harry Kane for a couple of years. They decide to go for Holland instead. Yeah. This has real bangs of Robin Van Persie. Kane is at the same age as Van Persie when he went from North London to Manchester for the season that he won the Premier League. And Manchester United desperately needs a fist and talented number nine right now yeah it does sync up 
Owen says maybe Neymar enjoys his life and being a footballer is just a means to provide him with an exuberant lifestyle well I think that's exactly yeah. the case he goes on to say I'm sure a lot of talented sports people prefer a good time to some kind of legacy that will eventually be forgotten about I would say in Neymar's case though he does uh, talk about his legacy non-stop and I don't know if you saw the documentary again it's just uh, a snapshot but he certainly was portrayed and talked like somebody who was weighed down by the fact that he hadn't delivered on his potential, that Brazil hadn't won a World Cup. He was very conscious of his legacy. I thought the most telling part of the documentary, Joe, was actually after the summer where he tried to leave PSG. And then the next year he was being booed by the PSG fans because he tried to go back to Barcelona. Now, the documentary is very carefully portraying him in a certain way. But Neymar genuinely looked quite pained about the fact that he was getting booed and hissed at times. And he then got them to a Champions League final and was almost saying, look, I'm here. I want to be your big star. So I think it genuinely does mean an awful lot to him. I don't think this is a guy who just... casual and the other um, point in Owen's text I'd probably quibble with is that you finish by saying a legacy that will eventually be forgotten about I mean Neymar was at a level where he could have achieved things that wouldn't have easily been forgotten about I mean we're still touching on Ronaldinho for instance he'll uh, finish Brazil's top scorer of all time one yeah. probably the most capped players it, of all time he, he, like it, definitely it, this is not like a mid-ranking player who's decided well I'm not going to ruin my entire life to play for Aston Villa and, and, and achieve my absolute potential that will be forgotten about Neymar was at a different level entirely uh, Colin Buig is messaged in the oh. man doesn't sleep the legend. doesn't eat he's just on OTB duty at all times uh, he said football was an absolute joke to Ronaldinho at his peak he played Real Madrid like a game of Astro down the road that he decided to play last minute and he lorded it yeah Young, I think a young, Sergio, young Sergio Ramos still has nightmares about that night of the Bernabeu where right. Ronaldinho did him twice. Standing ovation, if memory serves. Yeah, one of the rare ones. He left uh, Sergio Ramos on his backside twice with two of the goals he scored. He was uh, incredible. I mean, I, like underestimated speed, dribbling ability, everything else. But I suppose as, as much as anything, what was amazing about Ronaldinho was he was an original. You know, he was that street footballer that did things in his own particular way. And he pretty much trademarked the look one way, pass the other way and made it an art form. Mm. And he just had a, a wonderful ability to innovate. You remember his bog toe. And yes, we're calling it a bog toe. Uh, it's not for Bridgman. We've had this conversation before. There are different terms for bog toe around the country. Toe poke, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. We don't need to relitigate that one. Uh, but the bog toe at Stanford Bridge. I mean, that was like, whoa. Yeah, he's, he scored another amazing goal where he took on John Terry, I think, at the new camp another season when they played in the Champions League as well. He made he made football fun to watch. That was the great thing yeah, about Ronaldinho. But he was he was the best in the world. I mean, he really was. Oh four, oh five, oh six. I think Henri was unlucky one season not to win the Ballon d'Or when Ronaldinho did. I think it was two in a row. Right. I think it was four and five. Right. I think Henri. Remember that season where he had like twenty three assists and thirty five goals in the Premier League. Yeah. He was very unlucky that year not to win the Ballon d'Or. I think, but Ronaldinho was amazing. Yeah. Anyway, we'll press on. So. Mikey Johnston, Rich? Yep, he has formerly received international clearance to play for the Republic of Ireland. The Scottish-born winger's grandparents hail from Derry and Johnston is currently on loan at Vitoria Guimaraes from Celtic where he scored three and provided just as many assists in 21 appearances this season. He will be available for selection for the Ireland squad to play both Latvia and France later this month as will Sammy Schmodix, the informed Blackburn winger was originally drafted into the Ireland squad in the summer of 2021 but hasn't been involved since due to administrative issues around his passport that's all now been resolved and Schmodix could return to the fold for that Latvia friendly There's a text in do you think Rondinho meant the lob over Seaman? I've never so been he able says to, he did Well I, let's discount that I've never been able to make my, my mind up on that one that's one of the trickier ones Would he yes. really have overhit the free kick as much as he did though? 
That's I think he, I, he meant it. It's a strong argument it. in his favour, yeah. It, I mean, it, he meant it. it was the worst free yep. kick of all time if he didn't. Like, you, you know how much I go back and look on old, like, like uh, stuff on YouTube and, and, and that. The amount of times I've actually come across instances where David Seaman was lobbed that just aren't remembered. I'm talking about, like, stuff when he was at, like, QPR in Birmingham and uh, even into his early Arsenal days. He was so susceptible to a lob that I don't think uh, Ronaldinho didn't know that. Like, by 2002... Uh, you're what eight years removed is it from the Naeem nine years removed from the Naeem in Paris so uh, people knew about it he was gettable from that distance and if you spotted him off his line it was worth having a go yeah I'm going to give him credit as well he took the free kick so quickly that I felt like he knew that Seaman had drifted too far out before he took the free kick if that was just an overhit free kick he would have definitely had a more measured routine before doing it I think I think he spotted him and went for it mm. don't know Ooh, don't know Joe's not convinced I'm not unconvinced either. I I, I don't know. Usually I have a, fo- a strong feeling one way or another with with most of these things, but don't know. Poor Seaman. I mean, Naeem from the halfway line. Like his career is blotted with these things. Uh, yeah. Has Seaman ever said much about it? The Norwich is. Uh, knowing David Seaman, he probably chuckled about it and moved on. <laughs> He's that kind of jovial kind of character. That is. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it, I don't, David Seaman doesn't seem. And I mean this in the best way possible. He doesn't seem like somebody who's really pained by errors in his career. He's. He seems like a jovial chap and yeah. is happy with his life, and that's absolutely fair enough. It sure is. Mike in Cork has been in touch, lads. On documentaries on a slight tangent last week. We never discussed documentaries on a slight tangent. Did we? Might have been Friday, actually. It wasn't a slight tangent, but go on. Okay. Could be a different slot. Mick, that was not a slight tangent. So come on. Uh, on some other slot on Off the Ball, you were talking about the upcoming Ronnie O'Sullivan documentary. It has actually been released, he says, and it's on Discovery Plus. And Mick says, underwhelming. Oh. Now, that's a pity. This was the one that was much talked about because apparently he'd been mic'd up and given full access across the World Championship win. But I mean, mic'd up. <coughs> so, how much control? And he works for Discovery too. Yeah. He, he he works for he does a lot of punditry for okay. uh, Eurosport when he gets knocked out. So if Maybe it's with Discovery, oh, he he would have had. Well, he's he pretty open. He's like pretty open, dude, Ronnie. You know, you you can imagine he'd be pretty okay with most things. Uh, yeah, you'd like you just wonder how much coverage they were starting out to get as well. And I I would I would have my skepticism about it given the fact that he's employed a lot of the time by Eurosport Discovery so okay yeah. underwhelming says Mick and Cork IRFU yeah there's to consult with clubs regarding tackling behaviour with a view to reducing head on head collisions among the potential measures being explored are a lowering of the lowering even of the legal tackling height and a ban on dipping late into the tackle heights ranging from sternum down to waist height are being discussed and they hope to implement safer tackling behaviours in the community and underage game by August okay interesting we'll discuss that at some stage over the coming weeks so heights ranging from sternum down to waist that's a point of difference to what the RFU tried which was uh, below the waist and all hell broke loose sternum to waist strikes as more feasible seems reasonable well it's it's like it's sternum that's maybe a word wrongly but like it's from sternum just above the stomach is one height like that's the higher range of what they're looking at and then the lower is is waist height but there's other ones that are below the nipple line uh, armpit length and uh, yeah armpit distance but it's a couple of them are very hard to judge kind of on a subjective basis so I would say you'll end up with a waist height tackle I mean imagine you're a referee at AIL level trying to decipher 
sternum, armpit, nipple. Yeah. <laughs> While trying to judge dips and late falls just before yes. a collision as well. Meanwhile, yeah. lots of players start pulling their shorts up like boxers. <laughs> Scott Parker. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to make themselves easier to tackle? Sure you don't want to oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Lower. Yeah. All right. Okay. So. Walking around like hip hoppers. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Andy Farrell and Ireland uh, trained today 37 all 37 of the squad reportedly trained Josh van der Fleer speaking yeah uh, all 37 members training today so the likes of Gary Ringrose James Lowe Stuart McCloskey and Keane Healy who all missed various parts of last week's open training session look good to go from Murrayfield and Josh van der Fleer was before the media today asked about what they expect from Scotland this weekend Scotland of um, threats across the board really they're forwards have been been really effective scrum and mall has been been very good um, obviously, as a as a back row, I always think towards the, ba- the breakdown. Um, lads like Jamie Ritchie and Hamish Watson coming back in, there's huge threat in that area. Um, so that's always always a focus for me. And then um, I think their the way their backline have been playing is a uh, is is makes it a big challenge for defenses. And you've seen so far in the three games they've played, defenses have struggled to to live with them. So that'll be a a big focus for us defensively as well. Fiona Hayes and Rory O'Connor on the way after 8 o'clock. One last story, Rich. I should mention as well, 10 minute delay to kick off uh, at Tottenham London. Traffic strikes again and oh. Milan have arrived late uh, to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So 8-10 kickoff for that one. Uh, finally, Sam Mulroy is in a race against time to be playing for Louth again this year. The forward has been ruled out for 12 weeks with a hamstring injury. Mulroy scored 19 points for Mickey Hartside this year as they battle for promotion to Division 1 of the Allianz Football League. Very good. Thank you. Oh, good news, everyone. Thomas on Twitter to the rescue who says that Mick in Cork is wrong. Watch the Ronnie Dog. <laughs> there is a separate documentary that Eurosport and Discovery have produced on Ronnie. The big all access one that everyone's excited about is coming later in the year on Netflix. Ah, there so, we go. Hope remains. Richie, thank you very much. Nice and lads. Will, thank you. Cheers, lads.